Yes, that is right. The boys are back. We are back in the studio. Bigger, better than ever. Welcome to the Centre Square Podcast on Sport FM 91.3, your football headquarters. This is the Centre Square Podcast. I'm Bray Loveridge, and with me in the studio is Ethan and Luca. Boys, how are we going? Yeah, as you touched on, great to be here. Bit of a different uh, vibe around this, you know. Um, had a few weeks off, so. But Luca, I'm inter- interested to know for the listeners at home, where have you been for several weeks? Well, uh, it's I've been a bit busy with work, so um, I don't think I've been in since our, our first episode yeah. of the of the season. So, um, you know, but we're back in the studio, and I'm really pumped to be here. So. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to a good show, boys. Yeah, as you touched on, we first uh, episode was the season predictions. We meant to have Nick Robertson in, but then everything went downhill uh, and that was over the phone. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we've been inside for a couple of weeks, boys, as far as we should have been. Yeah. Don't know about you boys. but 1.5 metres. Yeah. Uh, so what we get up to over the last six weeks, I think it was, that we spent home? Just watching lots of highlights and replays on Fox Footy, to be honest. Yeah. No, I was definitely getting my twenty-five bucks a month out of the the KO subscription um, yep. with all the you know the old school games and um, even you know the fifty and fifty. So um, yeah. you know it was definitely worth it, and yeah, loads of footy to still be watched. Indeed, indeed. Well, coming up in today's show, we've got a guest coming up later on in the show, but at the moment we'll talk about all the AFL news in the world of AFL. Um, obviously, clubs going back to training. Uh, the hub sort of thing in the Gold Coast uh, with the SA and WA teams going over there uh, to the Gold Coast to play the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, and obviously we're going to touch on what players can and can't do. Um, And then, yeah, as you said, interview our special guest in part two. But we'll go through the major headlines in the last week or so if you haven't heard already. So the season will resume. June 11, so big get news. pumped. Yep. Yeah, massive yep. news. It will most likely be Richmond versus Collingwood, that big rivalry, even though Thursday there's going to be no crowd. Yeah, on a Thursday night. Yeah. Um, players return to training the Monday just gone um, in groups of eight, and they have to get tested uh, for the virus before getting looks, on the track. That looks pretty painful, doesn't it? The mm. big stick up the yeah, nose. No, I think it was Nick Nat said it's like your brain's getting played or touched yeah. from the inside. No, we've nice. seen a lot on the news, just players um, yeah. you know, dri- driving to, to Optus or driving to their, their training quarters. And, um, you know, it's as simple as just yeah, shoving a, a little pick up the nose. Yeah, and all the players, you know, they're, they're saying the exact same thing in all the interviews. Oh, it's got, you got to do it um, to play. And it's not very pleasant, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, full contact from May 25. So this coming Monday, the next Monday that is around, which is really promising. West Coast will be in the same hub or hotel, sorry, as Fremantle and same vice versa with the Adelaide teams. So that's confirmed. Yeah. And that there's been a lot of um, debate between the two Adelaide teams. And I'm not sure if, well, I guess you guys would have heard, but they're not happy together um yeah. especially port especially yeah. Port, port. Yeah. david kosh yeah he said something i think um, it was even um nick Natty said chuck a camera in and, and just see him box it out so um, yeah. yeah good good reality tv while they're locked away um yeah. you know together bit of big brother or something about it <laughs> yeah. locked away yeah not necessarily liking each other but you never know mm, i think they just got to get on with it to be honest though i know yeah. they're probably just saying it to uh, cause discussion um now players what they can and they can't do. Very, very interesting. Players are not allowed to play golf, 
they cannot go surfing or to the beach. Um, they can't go to people's house for dinner or they can't have, you know, uh, partners unless it's serious um, over and they can only go out for essential such as shopping. So, What's serious though? Yeah, how, no, that, that's a good I know, I, they, no, they, no intimate partners unless they're in a, a serious relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the young single guys, yeah. uh, it's going to be hurting them. Yeah, yeah well, especially no. not going on the beach as well. You're being yeah. on the Gold Coast, can't even go on... Go to well, the, the weather's the weather's perfect for it. Exactly, so, and yeah. golf because aren't they staying at a golf course? They're staying yeah. at a golf resort. Yes. They're basically locked in, and they yeah, can't yeah. do anything apart from footy. I think I honestly think some guys are going to really struggle because, well, it's most likely they will. Everyone's been talking about it. Yeah, indeed. But golf, being at a golf course, not being able to play golf, just golf's a good relaxing game. Uh, yeah, to play with it gets your, your mind off it. Yeah, we interviewed. Um, I think I might all all the players really speak to they they love their golf don't they Yeah, all of them, especially yeah. the cricket players. Yeah, the cricket yeah. players love their golf yeah. as well. And then a lot of the Melbourne footy players they love golf as well. Yeah, but um, like with the with the like golf and that sort of stuff, um, it's just like I don't know if the AFL is being too harsh because I get where they're coming from in terms of like they don't want someone to get the virus, but I think they also got to give players their like space. Although yeah, I, I guess um. You know, the idea of being locked away in the hub, um, you know, it sort of means that they're, they're not going to come into contact with anyone else. So that's why they're locked away, you know, in a golf resort. Um, you know, because obviously if, if someone gets it in, in the AFL, it's going to spread across the whole hub. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's elim- eliminating that, um, you know, that risk of infection. Yeah, well, yeah, basically better off for the public, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Not having the risk of, I guess, seeing those players and risk getting the virus. And what are your thoughts on, I guess, because some players are going to, when, when AFL returns, players are going to, some are going to take advantage of this and you'll be able to tell some are slacking off. So do you think that any of your predictions for the premiers will change, like based on what you've been hearing? Or do you think, um, you know, you, who you predicted will stay the same? Uh, I think the Eagles are still well I reckon. The I reckon they could seriously be of, one of the biggest threats because yeah. the way I've heard and what I've, thinking may happen later on in the season with them playing a lot of away games it's the same like Fremantle and the Adelaide teams yeah they'll stack up on the home they're going to stack up on the, the home yeah exactly they're going to have like six home games or whatever it is at the end of the mm. season and that's going into finals with West Coast yeah. they'll most likely be playing finals yeah and I'm, it could help Fremantle push for a, a final spot yeah uh I don't know where the Adelaide teams are out there mm. kind of maybe poor unpredictable yeah, at the moment chance. I guess but it's going to help majorly. Yeah. And um, what are your thoughts on Dennis Cometti's comments during the week that there should be no premiers and no round the medals? So they're basically just playing exhibition games, which personally I think is a bit stupid because I don't think players are just going to play. They want yeah. something to play it's for. You know, the they want motivation. Want either. Yeah, if it's just going to be you know exhibition friendlies, um, yeah, there's, there's, they might as well just call the season off and just just ride it exactly. off completely. Yeah, and speaking, touching on that West Coast subject again. Um, Nick Nat said the other night on Talking Footy that they they like don't they're just going to try and win the premiership. They're not going to be trying to distract. So I think I kind of agree. Um, and Damon Hardwick also said that um, because people are saying like this season's there's going to be an asterisk because it's not going to count. Um, but I think touching on what Damon Hardwick said, I kind of agree. It's going to be the hard one of the hardest premierships and. Whoever wins, I think, will be deserving and definitely sh- it definitely should count as a premiership. 
Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's probably be... nearly a harder harder premiership to yeah, win. Yeah, exactly. It's um, going to be the hardest one, I reckon. You know, an, an interrupted pre-season and then, you know, one game and then, you know, it's been... Another you know, pre-season. You know, nearly, nearly two months since we yeah. played the next game. Yeah. yeah people are be... saying, also people are saying Collingwood for some reason. I'm not sure why. Yeah. The uh, Melbourne clubs, they will yeah. be in contention. Yeah. Definitely. Because yeah. yeah. they're going to be playing probably more than half their games. Yeah. They're, they're not like they probably don't already, but they do play a lot of games there already. Yeah. But... They're going to have more and it's probably going to help them. Because I don't like with the SA and WA teams, they might not, not play much games at the MCG because they might be playing most of their games at um, Metricon or the Gabba. Mm. Yeah. So. And then come down to Marvel because I don't think you can play heaps of games at the MCG, can they? Because it's. Oh, they're probably only allowed to play a certain amount of games. Yeah. Oh, so it'll be interesting to see how it happens because I guess if the cases are uh, minimal, um, you know, crowds could even be back allowed in August or September. And <laughs> have you heard about the uh, the crowd noise that's going to yeah, be going to play after a, a goal? They should like a example of the uh, Jack Rewalt one just yeah. to make it a bit more familiar for the players. Yeah, well, after a goal, they're adding in, um, and I think it's an extra 15 second break after a goal scored. Um, and I think that's just so that the AFL can score a little bit more money um, with the broadcasters, advertising, um, you know, getting yeah, an, an, extra an extra ad, ad in there for Channel Seven. Yeah, um, and another, I thought I saw on um, Seven AFL yesterday, um, one point five meters apply on the bench. Um, yeah, okay. No celebrating after goals. Yeah, no high so, fives. Yeah. No ha- handshakes after the game. So, and yeah. social distancing after you know belting out the song as well. Uh, Elbows. It's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's it's a high contact. Um, yeah, exactly. Know, they're t- contact they're tackling. They're yeah, breathing on each other. Breathe, yeah, breathing on each other. Um, fending them off. Yeah. Um, they're all touching the same ball. Yeah, with, with you know, with sweat and everything. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's probably a bit ridiculous of what they're doing with it. But although yeah. is that the AFL trying to set a um. You know, a standard for the community. So, you know, if young young kids that are playing community football see yeah, that. Talking about community football, um, I saw the WAFC have been posting stuff saying they're going to play with no crowds at a junior, like a community game. How like on earth are you going to monitor that? I don't think, I don't think that's realistic. I know, nah. obviously, because it's, it's a like park. a park. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not, not like a stadium. Oh, what are they going to do? Can, lock it out? <laughs> yeah, lock, yeah put oh, well, fences around saying with, um, with junior competitions as well, because you're going to have parents, parents, and you know, exactly. Uh, what about if the, anything, amateurs will come back before juniors. Yeah. What about the waffle? Do you reckon the I waffle think, will come back? I think that's meant to come reckon, back after community football. I reckon the waffle will probably come around amateur football. Junior football will be the last to come back, in my opinion, because you've got the parents. That will, that will, junior football will come back once um, they allow spectators to come to amateur yeah. games. And if it does come back, I think they'll prioritise it. So they'll put year 11 and 12 because it's obviously yeah. a bit more important. Yeah, and it's their exactly. last their last years. But, yeah. um, I'll tell you who's been, I've been very surprised by. Mark McGowan. He's been very emotional during this yeah. time. The state premier He's in been WA. very firm as well. I did not expect him or see him as someone who would really care about all this AFL stuff he's been very everyone knows who he is now no one really knew who he was before except yeah. for WA people yeah obviously yeah, well, um, yeah he, he's not liking Victoria at the moment the way yeah. they're trying to get the way he's what it, well, the stuff he's saying yeah and talking about that Vic Bias check it out guys if you haven't uh, check out the episode with Tom Morris about we talk about Vic Bias and yeah. that sort of stuff leading Fox Sports journalist um, we talk about 
that. Um, in other news, though, positive signs with Jesse Hogan. Um, he's been back at the club and um, is being considered to travel with the group. No confirmation on that just yet, but from what I've heard, he's uh, you know they're looking to get him back, and he hasn't had a training session up to a year after being injured um, yep. middle of last season. Yeah, and then of course the uh, Jack Stephen incident on the weekend, mm-hmm. you know, with the stab. Uh, yeah, got a feel for him. I we can't really yeah. comment too much because we don't know the full like yeah. incident. But police, I guess, are still trying to figure out what happened. And what I've heard is that he's a great like guy. So I think heaps of people are trying to support him during this time, whatever the incident was, and yeah. he's a star on the field. Um, and also Joe Danaher. They're yet to confirm he will play in 2020 yeah, after his off-field troubles. Um, we're going to touch base with it with our guest because he's a he was a teammate with Joe, and we'll get his thoughts on that. But I think well, he it's very very likely he will not be at the Dons next year. He looks. Well, no. he tried to get to Sydney in that last year. Exactly. And John Worsfold just yeah, he didn't sound too hopeful, and I think it's not a good sign for Essen fans moving forward. He's nah. Yeah. Well, imagine. Danaher and Franklin at the Swans together. Yeah. His body can get his body fit. right. Yeah, yeah, when they're both full fit, it's a dangerous that would be one line. of the best forward line. In my opinion, I reckon West Coast have one of the best forward lines with Kennedy, Darling, and then all those small, small forwards. Yeah, small, quick mm. forwards. They've really but got then, it right. Yeah, but they've also got... Um, what's his name? No, I've forgotten. Oscar Allen, Jared Brando. Oh, I'm talking about the Sydney. Sydney. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. They've got they've got a stack. They've, they've, got, they've got a yeah. They got stack. Blakey is that the one you were thinking of? No, he played for the Vicks in the State of Origin game. Oh well, picked like four, I think. Top, oh, Papley. Yeah, Papley. Oh, th- sorry, yeah. I thought you were talking about a like, key forward there. No, no, yeah, he was Papley. he was keen to get to North or a Melbourne club but, last year, but yeah. that didn't. But with that, him, Buddy and Danaher, that would be elite. Mm, those guys definitely, definitely would be. They could push up the Premiership ranks once again. Yes, uh, we're gonna move on. Uh, Special guests will be uh, on in a minute. Yeah, uh, we'll stay tuned. Um, we'll introduce him. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, we'll call him up. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Centre Square podcast. We now have our special guest over the line. Pick 32 in the 2010 AFL Draft. 81 games for Brisbane, 24 for Eston, making for a total of 105 games over an eight-year period, kicking 132 goals. In that time, he won back-to-back leading goal kicker awards for the Lions in 2014 and 2015. It's Josh Green. Josh, how, you, how are you, mate, and how are things over there in Tassie? Yeah, good, good thanks, lad. Thanks for having me. Um, look, it's starting to freshen up a bit, um, but I don't mind the cold. So, no, nah, it's good to be back home. I've just moved back recently, so... Um, good to be back around the family, so yeah, can't complain. Yeah, pleasure to have you on board and much appreciated. Um, so speaking of Tasmania, not many people probably know that you grew up there. Uh, tell us about your early life growing up there, your first memories of footy and then the under-18 stuff, being captain of the state team and then in the All-Australian side. Yeah, so I, um, yeah, I was born here and um, lived here till I was 18 um, in a small town called Richmond. A lot of people might know, it's pretty historic and... Um, yeah, sort of worked my way up, like sort of everyone sort of does through the juniors, Oz kick, um, and then yeah, sort of worked my way into the development squads, and then the Tassie Mariners, and yeah, lucky enough to captain them, something pretty proud of. Uh, and yeah, went all right at the championships, and yeah, got um, snapped up by Brisbane, um, and then yeah, all sort of just happened real quickly. You sort of get drafted, and you're, you're there three days later training with 
brownie and Simon Black. So it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, um, so you were snapped up with uh, pick 32 in the national draft. Um, can you talk us through yep. your early days at the Lions um, and what were your, your living arrangements like? Yeah, so uh, initially I moved in with uh, the welfare manager because I knew him, uh, Manny Lynch, Alistair Lynch's brother. And, and then I went into a host family, which some guys like to do. And I, I thought that was good for me. But looking back, I probably would have gone with some players. Uh, but it's up to the individual. So I spent a year with the host family that moved out with a few of the boys I've become friends with after that. But early on, it was it's a bit, bit tough. You move away from home um, at 18. Not a lot of life skills and um, to a different state, yeah, without family. It was, it was a bit hard, but at the same time, it's all I wanted to do as a kid. So I, I really enjoyed it and um, actually enjoyed the challenge of trying to, you know, work, play hard, work hard, and get myself into the team, which took me about a year, year and a half to do. So, yeah, there's some interesting times up there. It took us taking them a while to get themselves right, um, but I think they're on the right track now, which is, which is good to see. Yeah, so once you started playing some reserves footy, when did it feel like you belonged and what was it like becoming a uh, like a leading player, uh, winning the leading goal kicker awards in 2014-15? Yeah, it took some time. I reckon my first 10 to 15 games, it was a bit like, geez, I don't, I don't know if I'm sort of up to this. Like, I was doing, I was going okay a bit here and there, but um, it wasn't a probably... Uh, the game, yeah, I, I think it was, actually I was a sub and I came on and kicked three and it was just like, okay, maybe I am good enough for this. And then just from there on, I just sort of grew every year and got better and better and better. And uh, Yeah, once you sort of feel comfortable le- at level, you sort of, yeah, you, you gain a lot, lot of confidence and um, then you start to build your spot in the team. And um, Yeah, I, was, I kept working hard. So, yeah, it was, it was good fun up there for the six years I spent up there made some really good friendships which is good yep so we spoke to one of your ex-teammates Nick Robertson who was actually our first guest at the start of this season yep. asked him about how hard he, he found it with not much success and how difficult was it for you personally turning up each week often losing did you ever pinch yourself you know you mentioned the likes of Jonathan Brown Simon Black playing with them in their final years yeah I, I... Yeah, look, it, it is hard when you're not winning, but for me, it was like I was living my dream, playing in front of crowds every week. So it wasn't a real downer, like to me. Like, yeah, I wanted to be winning, but um, I was living out my dream. So I was just like, oh, how good this? And um, yeah, as you said, playing with Jonathan Brown, probably you know one of the best centre half forwards of the modern era, and Simon Black, yeah, about to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So yeah. You look back at those times and you, and, you, and you learn a lot about yourself in the hard times. Um, when you're losing, you learn about how you sort of react to that situation. So I thought I built, uh, built some good habits in those times around, you know, you know, how hard you worked. You know, do you kick up a stink when you keep losing or do you keep your head down and work hard and, and work towards a goal? So, But we, we started to come right there at the end, um, which is good. Yeah, um, and you talk about hard times. You only played 11 games in um, 2016 due to a, a foot injury. Um, yeah. How frustrating was this? Um, and where were you when you found out that you uh, you wouldn't receive a contract um, for the year year after? And um, did it seem a little bit um, harsh considering how well you'd played the year before? Yeah, it's, um, 
it's a business and um, there's contract talks during the year and then I sort of, yeah, my foot ended up breaking and then I just, we, the club and I sort of decided it was it was time to look elsewhere and then, yeah, got got moved on after that because um, for some reason they didn't even ring me, which is a disappointing thing, um, but I don't hold grudges. Uh, I found out by the news, so... Um, yeah, moved on and got picked up by Essendon, who were pretty keen. So, yeah, I, it was three years ago. I don't really hold grudges anymore. It's part of the uh, part of the business of the game. So, and injuries are a part of it as well. You just got to deal with it and move on. Yeah. Um, so, when did you find out Essendon were pretty keen to to pick you up, and what was the process that eventually? Uh, went down as you got signed as a delisted free agent, and were you a bit cautious of moving over there, considering what the Bombers had gone through in the last couple of years before that? Um, yeah, so initially, just they worked through your manager, and I just said, "Look, my parents are living in Melbourne at the time. It'd be nice if we could end up there, but I'd go anywhere." Um, and it sort of just worked out. I knew someone at Essendon, and they sort of put my name forward, and they're a bit worried about my feet, but I got a scan and all that. It was feet were all good so they picked me up and so I mean uh, yeah it's two years that I really really enjoyed there they uh, I wasn't worried about the, the, the drug scandal at all like um, that was in the past and yeah it was a very very big club and I was thankful I got to spend two years there I'd imagine it would have been somewhat different to playing at the Gabba most weeks so how was the whole experience being in the, I guess the sporting capital in Melbourne playing in front of mu- massive crowds and games such as the Dreamtime at the G and the Anzac Day Clash yeah, it's a massive change. It's just the change, and also the, the you know the radio, the paper um, in Melbourne. It's just everywhere. You know, everyone's talking about the cafes, and in Brisbane, you just don't hear about it. But I actually didn't mind that up in Brisbane. Um, I kind of like going about my own business, and you know, just trying to you know, play footy. Whereas in Melbourne, geez, they attack you if you don't play well, or if you stuff up, or um, yeah, you're out of form. So. Sort of, you know, but if you're playing well, they, they get around you. So it's, yeah, it's, it is hard if you're not playing well, but it's good if you are. So it was great to play and a couple of Anzac days and Dreamtime games. They were, they were great games that I really, really enjoyed. Big crowds. Um, yeah, nothing better. Yeah, um, so you've just talked about um, playing on the big stage. Um, not too many people would know this, but you were the first person ever to be fined for staging. Um, do you have a bit of a laugh at it now? Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, correct. Actually, I was telling my mates the other day that I was because I forgot that I was the first one to get done for it. And I found the article actually. I was on the front of the, the Age. Uh, it's called Diving Bomber. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't too fussed about it. Like it's probably not a great look. Just people make mistakes. I was just more worried about the thousand dollar fine, to be honest. <laughs> that was only a pre season game as well. Did you find it a bit harsh? Yeah. Um oh it, yeah, yeah, it would be now, but I think though that they're looking for someone and I happen might know my luck I was the first one to, to sort of make a bit of a name of it to say, right, this isn't acceptable, so um yeah, I, I was a bit shocked at the time, but anyway. Yeah. You live and you learn. Yeah, no doubt, because I remember they try to take a stance on the AFL and Clayton Oliver just is the first name that comes to my mind um, as others. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty funny, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, 
Now, unfortunately, your time was up again at the end of 2018, but who were some yep. of your mates from either both clubs that you see regularly still? And if you have any funny stories or anything that stands out that's appropriate enough to share? Um, yeah, I still talk to a couple of blokes from each club. And um, yeah, look, the ones that are appropriate. Um, we don't get much out any of Any nicknames? Oh. Any funny nicknames or anything? Oh, yeah, but once again, they're not a. The, <laughs> the, the thing I, that annoyed me was the punishment. And now I look back, it's actually pretty funny. Like, we'd have someone be late for recovery. And, um, then, so we'd have the next day at 6 a.m. turn up at, at the beach freezing. And then, yeah, actually, your, your mate, Nick Robbo, managed to turn up late again the next day. So we kept doing it for about four days in a row. And yeah, it wears a bit thin after about the second day of um, 6 a.m. recovery because um, blokes just can't manage to get out of bed. That's, but now I look back, it's hilarious. Yeah, you know? the, the punishments. Um, you obviously dealt with a few coaches in your time, obviously Woosha. Um, uh, I'm not sure, was Chris Fagan there or you would have done with Lepich nah, or Voss? Lepich and Voss. Yeah, what yeah. were your thoughts on all the coaches you dealt with and, and who was your, I guess, favourite or... Um, one you had the best time or agreed with? Um, uh, probably Warsfold. Um, just a great bloke. Um, really down to earth. Um, he's honest. What you see is what you get. And it's all I probably look for in a coach is that sort of relationship, being honest, telling you how it is. Um, but also sort of he backs the players to play their um, brand of footy that... He knows we can play, so I think looking back now, like, yeah, who I probably enjoyed my football under the most would definitely be Wusher. Um, yeah, he was really, he really understood people, which is one of the great traits if you're a coach. Yeah, seems like a popular man. Um, now moving on to the present, how do you think you would cope in a hub if you're still in the system? Um, have you spoken to any of your current teammates about how they are feeling potentially leaving any family behind? Well, I spoke to a couple of busy boys, so they won't be in a hub. Um, personally, me at the moment, being single, it'd be a bit of a struggle. Uh, apparently, they're not allowed to. Uh, what do they? What do you say? Be intimate with yeah, random yeah. people. No Tinder happening as well. <laughs> yeah, there'd be no flicking on Tinder. Uh, so look, it'd probably be a bit of a struggle. But as you said, like you, you just cop it to get footy back. Um, yeah, I just no golf as well. I don't understand that. Well, they can't play golf. They're they're in a hub on a golf course. But God, yeah, no, it'd be very yeah. um very tempting, you know, with the players staying in a hub on the golf course just to go out and have a hit every now and then. Yeah, just sneak out for a lazy nine. But um, <laughs> as you said, it's not for it's not for a whole year or anything like that. It's going to have to cop it. And um, the thing is, for everyone's benefit, that we get football back. So. I'm sure the boys will do a good job of it. Yeah. Now, uh, something we touched on briefly in the show before um, was Joe Danaher. Um, having yep. played with him for two years yourself and knowing him quite yep. well, um, how do you yep. rate his chances of returning this year? Um, and do you have much confidence that he'll re-sign with the Dons? Yeah, look, obviously I'm not inside the four walls at the moment. And, uh, look, Joe's a... He likes uh, to sort of be a pretty private kind of guy and, uh, really good fella. Um, I think for him now, it's just trying to yeah get his groins right. Um, and groins take 
a long time. Um, so I think for him, it's probably just getting through this next period with his groins and then probably reevaluating. But um, I wouldn't be too shocked, yeah, if he if he moved, because um, he does sort of enjoy the quiet life and away from you know, all the hustle and bustle of Melbourne. So, but he's got those that family ties to us. So it's going to be a tough decision for him, I guess. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're talking about the current times. Uh, what are you? Where are you playing at the moment? Uh, as you're only still 27, which is still pretty young. Uh, do you have any desires to return to AFL, or are you happy where you are? Nah. Nah, I'm done. I'm. I'm yeah. Well, what am I? Nearly 28. Now nah, I've moved back here to sort of. Um, I'm an assistant coach at Clarence, where I played before. Um, I got drafted, um, Clarence Ruse, and uh, yeah, back to, not there at the moment, but I was, until this COVID hit, and then, yeah, looking to eventually, yeah, take over as senior coach, I reckon in probably a couple of years, um, yeah, so I'm just back here, yeah, and doing that, and then I do a bit of my own stuff on the side, one-on-one coaching um, as well, so yeah, that's been good, um, hopefully we get back playing think mid-July which is good yeah and do you miss uh or sorry um you know the off offside field of the game that must be quite enjoyable you know you can kind of relax and there's not many so many restrictions are you even like allowed to have any like drinks or anything like that just relax oh yeah like you can still have the beer when you're a footy player but um yeah it's just like when you're a footy player it's 24 7 like everything you do is cost you in the end like so if like, you're not eating well it will cost you on the field and now I can sort of you know eat what I want um, as long as I can because I can blow out pretty quickly but um, yeah there's just not a lot of restrictions um, yeah sort of going when you go on a holiday you can go on an actual holiday now because when you go on a holiday and I'll see, you kind of still need to stay in shape so there's all these little things that you can yeah release the shackles and um, enjoy. But there's things I certainly miss about playing footy as well. Yeah, absolutely. And last one before the Q and A's. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about the one-on-one football? What do you offer, and how can like, our listeners find out more information? Yep, sure. So yeah, it, um, it's just an online platform that um, you go to their website, one-on-one football. Um, search your region. So if you type in Hobart. Um, There'll be a list of coaches there. Click on them, book in a session, um, obviously sign up, pay your money, and then I get a notification and then we organise a time, date, place um, to work one-on-one, which I think is a great... Probably the best way for, for, for teaching is one-on-one. Um, so, yeah, there's all different kinds of, you know, half an hour, an hour um, sessions that you can choose. and um, Yeah, I have... Oh, three or four kids at the moment that I see weekly and um, it's really good. Like, it's also skill, but then you also go and watch a game, give them some feedback and um, I think most importantly just kind of give them a bit of advice about, you know, the period that they're in. So if they're like 14, 15, they're starting to, you know, play representative footy, so help them through that. And, um, yeah, so I really enjoy it. Personally, I get a lot out of it. So it's... Um, I think it's a great tool, especially it's been great in this last two months, this last, yeah, 
where you've been able to still do one-on-one stuff yeah. um, for kids to be able to get outside and hear a different voice than their father or brother. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, indeed. Um, we'll move on to the Q&As now. Thanks to everyone who sent them in. Uh, if you want to ask the next guest or the future guest a question, make sure you hit up the Instagram at Centre Square Podcast. But first question is, Jesse O'Brien, why did the Lions boys call, used to call you Google? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Jesse actually asked the girl why they... We actually called him Google, yeah. They, um, he asked the girl one day, just Google me if you don't know my name. <laughs> uh, this one's from Cooper underscore Warmbron. I'm assuming oh. you know who this is, yeah. Uh, yes. Best yeah. young bloke at Clarence Footy Club. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's a tough one. There's a lot of them. Um, it definitely yeah, um, yeah, it'd have to be, yeah, Cooper. Yeah, he's one of the greats. Yep. Um, next one from uh, Bombers fan Braden Scully. Um, how did the boys at Essendon treat you when you were new to the club? Yep, great, great question. Yeah, um, they're a great bunch of fellas, um, especially Mick Hurley. Shout out to Mick Hurley. He's, uh, he's one of the great men. Um, no, it's, it's just sort of, it's like a small, big family, actually. It's, it's a big family, so you spend so much time with each other that you kind of, everyone wraps their arms around you and welcomes you in because you're part of the group and they want you to sort of, you know, play your part. Um, so, yeah, they take you in, make you feel welcome. Um, and it, probably within two or three weeks you really feel part of it and feel comfortable um yeah it was, it was yeah it was an easy um transition from one club to the other for me yep next one's from back pocket banter um best sledge you've ever received um best one i received um it would definitely have been um Someone said, what's that thing around your gut? Get that tire removed. So I, I lost it. <laughs> yeah, uh, second last one from Brisbane underscore Lions underscore Nation. They want to know, who was the best mosquito at the Lions? So I'm guessing like small Ooh. Ford. Yeah. Oh, I think it's quite obvious who that, who that is. Um, he's won four BNS. Um, yeah, Zorko. And I, I, I have him up there. One of the best players in the league. Yeah, um, yeah, genuine star does does everything well, offensively and defensively, and, and obviously a really good leader. So he'd be up there. Yeah, he's pretty. He flies under the radar, pretty underrated. How do you reckon the Lions will go? Do you watch much footy as well? Or? Um, I didn't last year. Kind of, not to, I didn't really. Yeah, kind of hurts when you get moved on from something. It's hard to watch for a bit, but now I just yeah, love the game again. Once again, it got taken away from me from COVID. So, um, no, I really enjoy it. I, uh, I try and watch as much as I can, where I can. Um, yeah, but I try and try and watch the Lions and or Essendon, you know, if I can, if it fits into my schedule. Yeah, just to continue on that one just quickly, um, did you watch a lot of footy while you were playing? Or did you I, just want I to get did, actually. It? It's a good, no, it's a good question. Because uh, when I was in Brisbane, we didn't, we didn't hear much about it. Um, but it was also a good tool for watching, like your um, future um, um, opposition. So oh, I yeah. found it was a good tool to watch people that you could potentially play against. You know, sort of from 
that point of view. Um, yeah, it was also good to just yeah sit down and watch the footy, which I enjoyed. Yep. And uh, last one from Max Hamilton. Um, best moment in your Lions career? Best moment um, would have been either my fiftieth game for them or the win against West Coast, where we came from behind. Kick three goals James as Falkenhorn. a sub. Yeah, kick three goals and James Falkenhorn. Bomb this one from about seventeen and went flying yeah. through everyone. Cheeky couple. Uh, but yeah. uh, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for Josh for taking our call. It's been a, it was great to chat with you. All the best for the future. No worries. Thanks for having me, lad. Thanks for coming on. Uh, finally, follow us on the Instagram, like our Facebook, subscribe to the YouTube channel to keep up to date, along with our show and future big special guests. But until then, uh, well, thanks. For Ethan and yep. Luca for coming on. Hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, no, it's good to be back and uh, yeah, on the on the big shows now. Yep. Until then, hope you've enjoyed the show just as much as we have. You've been listening to the Center Square podcast on Sport FM ninety one point three, your football headquarters.